Villas Grace Church. Building relationships that make followers of Jesus. Know, grow, go. To know Him, to grow in Him, to go with Him. We are in our sermon series, Hebrews. Jesus, the perfect priest, the superior sacrifice. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning for the sole purpose of worshiping our Lord and Savior. As we continue to do just that, Lord, I pray that we can allow your word, the only truth known to man, to penetrate our hearts in a way that encourages us us in the gospel. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. I would like to discuss how these self-made billionaires got their start. Notice how I, I did say self-made billionaires. So keep that in mind as we just discuss really quick how each one of these men got their start. And we're going to go ahead and work from the photo left to right. We'll go ahead and begin with Jeff Bezos. Most of you know who he is. He is the founder, the CEO of Amazon. Jeff Bezos received $300,000 in seed money from his parents to start Amazon. Next, we have Bill Gates. Bill Gates' mom, his mother, was on the same board as the CEO of IBM at one point in time. That's how Bill Gates got a little bit of a head start. I once learned, and I'm still learning, it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. His mom knew the CEO of IBM, and the rest was history with Microsoft. Warren Buffett, up next, he was the son of a powerful congressman who actually owned his own investment company, so he had the political advantage, and his dad had the investment company, so he had the head start that way. Elon Musk rounds out this group. Elon Musk's father owned an emerald farming or emerald mining company in apartheid South Africa. Brothers and sisters, there's absolutely, absolutely nothing wrong with being a billionaire, a gazillionaire, a millionaire, whatever. There's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with receiving aid, especially from your parents. There's nothing wrong. I'm sure most of us at some point in time received aid ourselves. I'm not saying that any of that is wrong. After all, these men actually did something with what they received, didn't they? You have to give them credit for that. I mean, Jeff Bezos took that 300K from his parents and turned it into what we now know as Amazon. The problem, though, I have with all of this isn't with the fact that these guys are worth a ton of money. It's not the fact that they got to start from their parents. It's not what bothers me. What what bothers me is when we say that they are self-made. Not one of these men can claim to be self-made. And I think just the brief bit of facts I shared with you says as much. In the Bible, Father Abraham, he didn't have that problem. 
And it's very clear today that we're going to see that. He didn't think that he was self-made. He knew that he wasn't self-made, but rather God made. Money, fortune, and fame may be rewarding for many. It's all fleeting. It's all a chase. A chase that maybe even when you one day achieve that goal, it's just going to be the next goal down the road that you start chasing again, and then the cycle continues over and over. But for us as believers, we know what's truly rewarding. And what's truly rewarding for us is, in fact, salvation. What's rewarding is to have faith in Jesus. And this is the reason why we've titled our sermon this morning this, Rewarding Faith. Rewarding Faith. We're going to be in the book of Hebrews, and what we're really going to see here is God rewarding our faith in Jesus. We're going to be in chapter 11, specifically looking at verses 8 through 22. Last week, we cannot forget that Pastor Jared encouraged us that those who receive the gift of faith will in fact be rewarded by God. So the appetite has already been wet for this particular subject from last week. But today, we're going to examine specific biblical examples of God rewarding His faithful. We're talking about Abraham. We're talking about Sarah. We're talking about Isaac. We're talking about Jacob. We're talking about Joseph today. So without any more being said, let's go ahead and get into the text and allow God's Word to speak for us. Hebrews chapter 11 starting with verse 8 and ending in verse 22. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac. And Jacob heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared for them a city. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, Through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able to even raise him up from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. By faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. By faith, 
Jacob, when dying, blessed each of his sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones. Amen. When we look at all of these verses this morning, we can say this in one simple sentence that defines all of these verses. God rewards those who patiently rely on Him. God rewards those who patiently rely on Him. I want to look at this quote from Abraham Lincoln. I'm just going to read this for you. It's on your screen as well. Abraham Lincoln once said this. He said, you can please some of the people some of the time, all of the people some of the time, but you can never please all of the people all of the time. This quote actually is something that most of us have heard before, but it reminds me of another quote that I read by a commentator, which actually states this. If you please God, it doesn't matter whom you displease. And if you displease God... It doesn't matter whom you please. Brothers and sisters, hold on a second. Again, remind me. What pleases God? What is it that actually pleases God? Now, I heard somebody yell out obedience. Yes, that is true, but something comes first. Starts with an F, ends with an H, sounds like faith. Faith is what pleases God. And in the 11th chapter of Hebrews, we're going to be looking right here, right now at verses 8 through 10. There are 40 verses, 40 verses in chapter 11 of Hebrews. Of the 40 verses, faith is mentioned 23 times. Now, going back to when I first learned Bible study methods, the the fancy $25, well, actually with inflation, it's probably like a $35 word because I went to seminary about eight years ago. So the the fancy $35 seminary word, $35 seminary word is called hermeneutics, which is actually the process of how you study the Bible. But when I first learned Bible study methods, the first thing you learn is look to see what's repeated. Faith is saturated all over chapter 11. Faith is, again, we can't forget the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Pastor Jared shared that with us last week. By faith, Abraham obeyed. He obeyed. He pleased God, but be He was able to obey because he first had faith. Abraham's faith was a precursor to his obedience. Now, Abraham didn't obey because he was already righteous. That's the mistake that has been made in the past. That's what's been taught in the past. Rabbis used to teach that, no, Abraham obeyed because he was righteous. That's like saying Jeff Bezos, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, Elon Musk. It's like saying all four of those individuals are self-made billionaires. We know the truth. 
They all received help. They're not self-made. Again, faith, the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Abraham went out not knowing where he was going. He didn't know where he was going. God knew exactly where Abraham was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise. Abraham left Ur for the city, which would eventually be known as Canaan, which is actually in the modern day area of where Israel is present day. Brothers and sisters, this is very similar to us coming to a saving faith in Jesus. God asks us to do the exact same thing. He asks us to leave the old for the new. In fact, in the Bible, in 2 Corinthians 5.17, just allow me to read this for you, it says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Now, in verse 10, which is on your screen, it says that he was looking forward to the city that has foundations whose designer and builder is God. This is very important. This is actually a pivotal point in this text. What Abraham was actually doing, he was looking forward towards heaven. You can only make it your destination, you can only make it to your destination if you look forward. You can't make it to where it is that you want to go if you don't look to where it is that you want to go. And if you're going to move, you need to look forward. This reminds me of being back in Indiana. It's a little bit different here in Florida. Bailey would have a lot more experience with this than myself, but I do know mowing the grass here in Florida is not like mowing the grass up in Indiana. See, when I mow the grass here, you don't worry about striping it because you can't stripe this grass. And what I mean by stripes is when you see a baseball field and you got a pattern going this way, another pattern going that way. See, back in Indiana, we could stripe our grass. Some of us would even put striping kits on our mowers to make it stripe even more efficiently. But you can't make a straight line by looking down. The only way to make a straight line was to pick a point in front of you and just stare at that and ride right towards it. And every single time, your line would be perfectly straight. And if you get that first line straight, the rest of the lines would be straight. But the only reason why the first line was straight is because you were looking forward. I used to pick a spot in our backyard on the fence post and just ride right to that fence post. And then tell myself, you're going to have the best looking yard in this neighborhood. You're going to make everybody else jealous. They're going to be better. No, I'm joking. That's not gospel-centered, is it? But let's face it, we do that, don't we? We want to show off to the neighbors. Verses 11 and 12 reveal that Sarah had no business conceiving a child. I mean, literally. By faith, she received power, as it says, to conceive. The power for her to conceive was based on faith. But, but ladies, do not forget, and you have more experience than us men, and I will admit, I, I never saw pain until I saw my wife go into labor with our first. 
but she was 90 years old. Could you imagine conceiving and giving birth at the age of 90? But through... <laughs> I mean, Miss Kathy, the best part about you saying that, that was with conviction <laughs> and confidence. <laughs> Thank you, yes. But through faith, she had the power to conceive, which only happened because she considered him faithful who had promised. She thought God was faithful in his promise, what he had promised them. Like Abraham, Sarah herself kept looking forward. Verse 12 um, Abraham and Sarah, this just reminds me. I want to read this real quick, and I want to share something with you. It says that we were born, or were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven, grains of sand by the seashore, all, all the, the sons of Abraham. I am one of them, you know, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord, right? This reminds me of this, this family photo from my dad's side of the family. I, I, I always have fond memories. It was the last photo where all of us got together. Uh, actually, there was one that wasn't in the photo. He's now deceased to this day, but I'm glad that he actually made the photo even though he wasn't there because somebody had a, a portrait that they had painted of him and, and we held it up. But it was, it was a picture of my dad's brothers and sisters. There's six brothers and sisters, six siblings, and my grandparents were in the middle. And it's just the coolest photo to me because it's my, my grandma and my grandfather, my, my aunts and my uncles, and then all my cousins. And you look at the photo and you see wow, just because these two people came together, all these other people now exist. That's what God did with Sarah and Abraham because they were faithful, because they believed in his promise, because they kept looking forward. And that's why it says, we're born descendants as many as the stars of heaven, grains of sand by the seashore. In verses 13 and 14, neither Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob would ever possess the promised land. And that's the crazy part. They've been rewarded by God, but they never actually received what it is that they were actually moving towards. It was until 500 years after Jacob died that Israel first possessed Canaan. Talk about patiently relying on God. Even to the point to like in your natural life, in this life, you don't actually get what it is that you thought that you were actually going for. Because what God actually had for them was greater. It was better. Now notice how they died. How did they die? What does it say? They died in faith. But they died in faith doing what? Looking forward. One commentator says this. says that God's promise is as good as the reality. I think that that's what these men experienced. The promise alone was as good as the reality. They never actually experienced the reality of Canaan, but the promise was just as good every time with God because God is always good. Like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we too are strangers and as it says, exiles on this earth. We are nothing but sojourners passing through because this earth is not our home like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We too are seeking a homeland. We should live on this earth in this day and age feeling uncomfortable because we're not there yet. We haven't arrived. We haven't laid a foot yet in our natural homeland. Remember, it was 500 
hundred years after the death of Jacob that the land of Canaan became a reality for Israel. They were nothing more than temporary residents on this earth. We are nothing more than temporary residents on this earth too. Brothers and sisters, The county we live in, the country we live in, the state we live in, the city we live in is not our home. The continental United States is not our home. Keep looking forward to the homeland. Our home is not on this earth. And what we see here today, especially just with Abraham alone, he experienced the exact same thing, but kept looking forward. We're being encouraged to keep looking forward in verses 15 and 16. See, the thought of turning back to earth for Abraham never even occurred to him. God asks us to, as we said, to leave the old for the new. Brothers and sisters, faith is not looking back. It's looking forward. Remember what happened to Lot's wife? When they left Sodom and Gomorrah, where did she look? She looked back. She turned into a pillar of salt. Church, we have to keep looking forward. God is asking us to leave the old for the new. Verse 16 reveals something that's really interesting. Without faith, God is actually ashamed of us. Those who do not have faith in Jesus, God's ashamed. In faith, it says God is honored to be called our God. See, God is only honored to be called our God if we have faith in Jesus. And we're talking faith in His death, burial, and resurrection because we know that we are sinful. Because we know... After all, that none of us are self-made. None of us can achieve righteousness on our own. Our righteousness is rooted in our faith and what Jesus has done. So when God sees us, He sees the work of Christ and not the work of us. In verses 17 and 19, it's actually revealing the ultimate examples of faith. Abraham offering his only son as a sacrifice. Abraham was simply giving back to God. By faith, Abraham believed that even if he sacrificed his son, Isaac, God could raise him from the dead. And you can find that in the beginning of verse 19. And, and for some of us may not remember the account, but he actually put him on the altar to sacrifice him. And it wasn't until the last minute that all of a sudden God had it so a ram would get its horns caught up in the thicket. And Abraham noticed. God provided a sacrifice and he took his son off the altar and sacrificed that ram. Church, his faith to even know that he could raise his son from the dead, we all know that God can raise from the dead, don't we? We actually know that now. Jesus hadn't gone to the cross yet. 
That's the kind of faith that Abraham had. So what kind of faith do you think we should have knowing that he's actually done it? And there's been witnesses on this earth who watched it and witnessed it happen. Remember that definition of faith as you think about that. The assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Do you have hope that your salvation is assured? Do you have a conviction by what you do not see? Now, have you ever seen Jesus? Then keep looking forward. In this life, we keep looking forward to Christ. That's why I'm okay with saying... I'm not self-made. That's why I'm okay with saying no one is self-made. Because we usually attach that, like we said earlier, with people who have been successful business-wise or with money. But in order to be self-made, you would have to even break it down to the point where you grew the tree itself that the paper was printed on or the ink was printed on to prove that you're worth what you're worth. But you can't do that either now, can you? After all, in the words of Abraham Lincoln, what did he say? You can please some of the people some of the time, all the people some of the time, but you can never please all of the people all of the time. For us Christians, we know that because if you please God, it doesn't matter whom you do displease. And if you displease God, it doesn't matter whom you actually please. See, faith is what pleases God. God. Faith is what keeps us looking forward towards Jesus. So as I go back and, and, and re-mention the Bible study methods of looking at, looking at things that are repeated and we see how many times the word faith is mentioned in the 11th chapter of Hebrews, think about how many times we've said this morning, keep looking forward. Keep looking forward towards Jesus. Faith allows us to do so. And even though we see what happened to Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, even though they didn't necessarily receive everything that they had faith in in this life, they kept looking forward towards eternal life because they knew that only God could provide that for them. It was nothing that they could do on their own. And with all that being said, we can summarize all of which into this sentence that says this. Faithfully looking forward to Jesus is what pleases God. It is that simple. When we faithfully look forward to Jesus, it pleases God. So we can say with confidence, faithfully looking forward to Jesus is what pleases God. God's pleased in us by our faith. And one last time this morning, our main idea stated this, God rewards those who patiently rely on Him. So, as Joe comes up and, and joins me, 
I would like to just encourage all of us to have patience. I mean, we live in a world that wants everything instantaneously, whether it's information or speaking of Amazon, buying something online, we want it to be delivered immediately. But sometimes our faith is calling us to be patient. Sometimes our faith is calling us to be patient, to wait on eternity. Not to wait for an eternity, but to wait for eternity. Church, our job as a church is simple. When we say no, grow, go, we're saying we want to know Jesus who we're looking forward to. We're saying we want to grow in Jesus who we're looking forward to. We're saying we want to go with Jesus who we're looking forward to. For what reason? What is our purpose? It's simple. Our purpose in this church age is to simply share the gospel. And the Lord has given us examples in such Abraham. Simply, follow his example. Follow his example of looking forward. Sarah looking forward even after 90 years. Jacob looking forward even though it was 500 years after the fact that Canaan became a reality. Our faith, our looking forward to Jesus should put us in the position that no matter what it is that we're up against, we will be able to persevere because we have faith we have the one thing in the one person, Jesus Christ, that actually pleases God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity to be encouraged by you. I pray that we can encourage one another. I pray that we can be a church that continues to share your good news, that you provide opportunities for us to make disciples who make disciples. Lord, I also want to pray for this meal that we're about ready to consume. Thank you for everyone who worked hard to prepare. Just appreciative of what we see you doing here at Villa's Grace Church. It is in the name of Jesus that we pray. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, look us up on our website, www.villasgrace.com, or drop us a line via email, connect at villasgrace.com.